Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of These Parts. We come in peace. <laughs> Let you get it like the aliens on those movies, Elliot. I am not following Vince. It's uh, they, when the aliens come to Earth, they often say as their first words, we come in peace. Ah, yes. I'm still not following you. So it's not to alarm the collective militaries of the world's nations. But that's neither here nor there. But it's where we are, Elliot. Uh, this is my traveling companion, my brother, and of course my friend, Elliot. How are you doing, and what do you think of where we're at? I'm good, Vince. I'm concerned that you've taken us to some sort of alien town, but that's definitely not on the docket. No, no, Elliot. It's a multi-layered pun, where now we come around to know the true meaning and the name of the town that we're staying in. It's Isle of Doves. I was going for a doves or the harbinger of peace sort of play. Ah, I get it. You know what? We took a ferry out here from uh, the port of Los Angeles in California, and I still haven't gotten my sea legs or my island legs yet. No, you're sort of legless. You're crawling around on using your pelvis as a point of contact with the ground. I'm a regular Lieutenant Dan right now. <laughs> that you are. And it's good that we have some leadership here because it's sort of an untamed wilds of sorts. A lot of the towns that we stay in are small or some are even unincorporated, but very few are quite as touched by wilderness as the place we're staying today. This is probably close to one of the least habited towns we've ever been to, but it is habited by a certain avian species. That's right, the titular doves in the town's name. It's called that for a reason. It was started as a dove sanctuary after our own great-great-grandfather founded it so many years ago. Before we get into all that and more, though, Elliot, why don't we put it on the map? The listeners at home, take out your tab presents the map for our season three edition of these parts and get ready to stick your medallion or your crush tab cola can that resembles a medallion in, as we said, Isle of Doves, California. And now we've talked a lot about birds already. Just a reminder that this is not a bird podcast. If you want to listen to one, my recommendation, I don't know about you, Vince, would be Ready or Notthology on uh, Feral Audio. I like that one. I like that one. It's a little dry. I can I consider it a little dry. I don't mm -hmm. care for the fact that they use binomial nomenclature instead of common law names. I will say, if you're looking for something a little more accessible to the early bird watcher, Flock Together mm. is from NPR. And it's really nice. Uh, they only have 10-minute episodes, and most of that is bird calls. But the few moments of information are quite tasty. Well, that's two recommendations to listen to if you don't want to listen to the rest of this episode. But I recommend you do. As Vince said, Rand helped found Isle of Doves. People already lived here, and so did a bunch of doves. But he's helped found it as the nation's first nature preserve and that still sticks today there's only doves here and a small community of dove keepers here to talk to us about all that and more is one of them could you please introduce yourself ah may your days and nights be filled with emotions my name 
is Seashell Paragon. I am a dove keeper here on this island. Seashell Paragon, thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be blessed with this day. And hopefully many more to come, am I right? Just just uh, having this uh, 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 salty, uh, sun-kissed lips. You couldn't be more yes. right. One of my favorite mm-hmm. things about being alive is continuing to be alive mm-hmm. into the future. Mm-hmm. And you have given us both kisses on our cheeks, and you do have very parched and salty lips. Well, it's, it's what the Earth wants, so we don't need any balms. We don't need any, uh, we don't need to exfoliate. Whatever comes from our bodies, are uh, it's natural, really. And you should really be putting it back into your bodies. It's releasing it so you can reconsume. Release, reconsume. I already feel so centered right now. Would you please do the honor of putting our crushed tap cola can into the medallion slot in our map? Uh, you've already gotten out one of your doves to fly it over for you. Uh, yes, and they will do it as gently as a sunbeam kisses a small child. Wow, that was exactly that soft. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, that dove is definitely hashtag team tab. Uh, go to the website. We'll set up a profile for that dove. Does the dove have a name? You can get me that information later. Oh, it's uh, Passion Lion. Passion Lion. Is, is this sort of like your right-hand dove, your main one? It seems very well trained. It's the one that obeys me the most. So some others have uh, some personality issues. Uh, again, mm-hmm. we are a sanctuary. So we nurture, we let uh, a, a, as little human interaction occur as possible. Mm. Um, but then, you know, the birds imprint on you, and they just think you're a, a, a big bird, to say, uh, you know, for lack of a better description. <laughs> they think that you are Big Bird from yeah. Sesame Street. Not the Big Bird, but a Big Bird. I see. Mm. I see. An important distinction, viewers. And by viewers, I mean listeners. It would help the doves learn the alphabet a little bit better, though, if they did think you were Big Bird. Do, do you think they would learn the alphabet because of the authority that Big Bird wields? Because when I think of Big Bird, I think of a helpless child. Oh, what do you think of Big Bird? Elliot, I'll ask you not to pervert the idea of Big Bird on the cast. We have enough enemies at PBS as it is. Well, then I won't say anything else, but it is clear that the people of Isle of Doves, California, prefer one type of avian species, and that is the dove. That's right. It's quite clear indeed. Uh, How many doves are there on Isle of Doves? Difficult to count, because they are free spirits, and additionally... John Wu comes and steals some. Um, in the <laughs> middle of the night, we can't catch him, can't stop him. It just steals doves and goes. But there's always more doves. There's always more doves. Damn you, Wu. Do you guys tag them or something? Or I guess that, that might be a little too invasive for you guys, but at least it would help you keep track of the ones that Wu has stolen and the ones that he has not. We are a um, we're out to sea. So it is difficult to get back to the mainland when our only transportation is doves. Wait, so the doves like pick you up and fly you around? Well, we create some sort of like a hammock and also the doves are in a net. So the doves are in their own kind of basket nets that carry another net that a person can be in. And it's not so much travel as getting a few centimeters off the ground. Uh, that's our recreation time. So that is something they do for fun. I do appreciate the sort of Da Vincian illustrations you've made for us. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like two large balloons mm-hmm. where the air is doves. So yes. 
they sort of fly, they're flying all different directions, but collectively they're buoying this hammock. And you say you get a few inches of lift? Oh, centimeters, please. Um, They are doves. Um, Perhaps a small child would be able to get an inch or two off the ground. But for a full-grown man like me, which stands four feet tall, uh, it would be a couple of centimeters. I like that also in your, it's a very detailed illustration. And one of the doves is saying, it's a living, just like in the Flintstones. Um, Excuse me? Just like in the Flintstones. I'm not familiar Mm. with um, reference. There's not, I doubt there's satellite television on the island. We have no forms of entertainment except those we create ourselves. Um, So books that we write ourselves um, that are written on the wings of dead doves Mm -hmm. and with the blood Mm -hmm. of that dove as the ink you're not killing these doves they're dying of natural causes i assume yes of course it's natural causes this is a sanctuary they are like tiny quasimodos of this uh, uh wonderful blissful island here you like that tome that i handed you yes i did uh it's it's quite lovely uh it's thick dove sort of like it has sort of um a necronomicon feel to it but it is entitled Dove in the Time of Cholera, and it is, it's comprised of many dove wings, many dozens of dove wings. It's, uh, it's, if it weren't so disconcerting, it would be impressive. You'll want to wash your hands after handling any books because they're full of parasites. So I'm, I'm going to close my copy of Eat, Pray, Dove and just put it over here. Uh, I do appreciate that the whole dove is pounded flat, so you still get that book feel. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, we, like you press a flower, we just smash it between some rocks until it's paper thin. <laughs> That's crash. like the most humane way to make a book out of a dove. I'm just going to say that. Well, it is a dead dove. Point taken. And, Elliot, at what point are we taking this to the next segment? Uh, I guess by your expert segue, Vince, right now. And that's a segment we call Say What? <laughs> Excellent, inflective work, Elliot, as always. You Thank continue you. to improve. Say what is our foray into the local lexicon, teaching you how to sound like you belong in the towns that we stay in. You know, many communities have their own sort of insider lingo. And I doubt that Isle of Doves is ever any different. Sir, if you would, be so kind. What Please sort address of things, me by my name. Of course, seashell. <laughs> seashell what? Vince, come on. Seashell. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Seashell, Mr. Paragon, I am sorry. <laughs> Paragon, I was on the t- it was on the tip of my tongue, Elliot, and you can you can never let me just work it through. Man, if there was a camera here, the dove on Seashell Paragon's shoulder would be doing that sort of look at the camera and disapproving nod type thing that they do in the office. What? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a it's a TV <clears throat> program. We've gotten off on the wrong foot a little bit, but if I could reiterate. Mr. Seashell Paragon, what kind Please, of... Mr. Seashell Paragon was my father. <laughs> what do you prefer to be called? Seashell Paragon. Okay. Seashell Paragon. It's very fair of you to want to be called by your own way. And in that, what sort of ways do you call the doves that you keep? Is there sort of um, lexicon that goes with the profession? Or maybe there are ways to speak with the animals themselves? I'm quite uninformed when it comes to the art of dove keeping doves are very intelligent creatures and they they feel emotional vibrations which is one way to call but that certainly is not what you're asking for here we do have more of an open-throated 
a cooing that they really respond to. Um, either they'll come to you or they'll start instantaneously mating uh, just based on the pitch, really. So it's a it's like Mandarin, but for doves. Mm. Could you maybe demonstrate that? Of course. This won't be very good for your listeners, but if you uh, see my neck here, it's uh, just a, it's, it's a full throat here. So a full, mm. a full throat. Just uh, mm. open it up. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so we're in the RV right now, and it seems like a lot of doves have flocked all around us. Yeah, we are the the RV listeners is shaking to and fro as and what looks to be dozens of doves simultaneously mate with its exterior. Yes. Well, wow. effectively done, seashell paragon. A couple more. There's a couple more thrusts, and I think I think they're done. And now all the doves outside are smoking cigarettes. Can you can you talk about that? They roll their own. Uh, we have our own tobacco <laughs> fields here on the island, and you know this is California, so if they would like, they can. Partake of something a little um, more recreational. More recreational than lifting people up in tiny hammocks and uh, a few centimeters above the ground. Well, I mean, obviously, the doves that do that are high as fuck. To be expected. It's actually probably the only humane way to attempt such a engineering feat. Absolutely. You gave a great example of you calling to a dove, but for maybe a novice dove keeper who just moved here, or a tourist, even though you guys don't really get any besides, you know, Vince or I uh, in the last 50 years, what are some examples of things that you had to find out or decipher from the dove language? Right. Well, doves are loving, but when you love with all of your heart, you also hate with all of your heart. Mm. So Mm. it's two sides of a coin, you know, no dove is just one thing. So you have to set boundaries with these doves and say, don't peck my eyes, doves. Don't peck my eyes, doves. And that's a little sound. <clears throat> Again, uh, uh, open throat, just ah, uh, 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 like you're like you're uh, like a like a zucchini, but mm-hmm. it's got it too large. <laughs> it's, you should have taken it off the vine already. But it got too large. So mm. Imagine that's going uh, just that sure. wide. Oh, 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 go away, go away, dove. So you're still speaking in English to the doves. It's just sort of like an open-throated, yeah, lower every, decibel. Right. These doves have a very specific pitch range where they can hear. Um, so if they were listening to us right now, they would just see us flapping our lips and not hear a thing. Except they would feel the emotional vibrations, as I established. Right, right, of course. Sure. And and it seems like you've done the trick. The doves have stopped their picking of the cigarettes off the ground and puffing on them and have flown off. And now we're left in relative solitude, of course, barring your your first mate dove who's still perched on your shoulder. A a side note, all of these calls um, really end with a but you. So it's, uh, get away doves, but you. But you, it's it's hard for everyone else to hear that because uh, of the lower register of your voice, so the right. doves can hear. Yes, this is all making perfect sense to me, Elliot. I'm following mm-hmm. without a single foible. Me too. I, I think that we should use Seashell Paragon as our translator. So, how about Vince? You and I say some things that we'd like to know in dove language, and then Seashell, you can tell us how to say them. Oh, certainly, of course. <clears throat> well, I'm glad that I was prepared for such a segment, Elliot. I, as you know, we both are uh, avid bird watchers and um, sort of ornophiles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do love those podcasts, and we spend some time touring the island, and uh, with the help of a 
classic Casio tape recorder, we've uh, captured a few sounds that we specifically want to identify. Yeah, so this first one, Vince, where were we? We were out walking along the eastern shore on one of those hiking trails out there. Is that right? That's right. Um, there was a gully filled with um, many decades of bird feces. Mm -hmm. And in there, there was just like a little grove, and there were so many doves calling, and there was one seashell kind of over to the side by himself, uh, or herself, I couldn't tell uh, what uh, sex it was, but it it was making this very interesting call. Let's play it right now. That's all. That's all I could get. Yes, that 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 would be Kurt. You know the dove by name, just by its voice. Well, everyone has a distinctive voice and a look, um, and anyone who can't tell that is obviously ignorant, really. <laughs> Um, not that I would expect you to know their names, but to know that all birds are not the same bird. Do you understand that all birds you see are not one bird? Sorry, let me just clarify this. All <laughs> birds we're seeing are not the same bird rapidly that's, flying around to make it right. appear as though there are many. There are, there are actually many birds. I guess that makes sense. I mean, there's many people. Did you ever, like, know something, but never, like, knew that you knew it? Like, you did know it, but you hadn't learned it. There have been so many times I've been out with Vince walking, and we see one bird, and then later on, we see another bird, and I, I think, how did that bird get here so quickly? But now it all makes sense. There's multiple birds. All birds do share one soul, though. Interesting. Okay, so that makes sense. any species, one soul. So doves, robins, eagles, one soul. Oh. Does this extend past avian creatures? Oh, um, well, obviously... Platypi have no soul. Sure. Goes without saying. Self-evident. They're, they're God's mistake. Right. So yeah. it would end at that barrier. There may may actually be some crossover with lizards, as we know of the divergence in the Cretaceous period. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Feathered dinosaurs. That whole media rabble. So one went one way, one went the other. Some have one soul. Others are lizards. So what was this non-lizard species, uh, fully evolved, Kurt, talking about when we recorded him kurt is a born-again christian and mm. he's mm -hmm. just preaching all the time he has tiny little pamphlets made on the of course the wings of doves um that he tries to <laughs> hand out the other doves are put off by this they have their own religion are you a practitioner of this dove religion of course Kurt? of course i am the founder of this dove religion. Oh, and you've converted uh -huh. your your proverbial made literal flock. That's right. Oh, so is this a scenario where you have converted them, but before all of them were born-again Christians, and Kurt is still a born-again, he's trying to convert people back? He's holding on to old superstitions. Sure. And um, eventually Kurt will die, and that'll be the end of Christianity on the island of doves. And then you might... Print your own Bible on Kurt. That, I did not even think of that. That is a truly gorgeous idea. It's taken quite a vengeful turn, I think. If I may inquire further. Mm -hmm, of course. What's the basis of this religion? Oh, that uh, um, nobody is better than me, and I am the one true keeper of all. Mm -hmm. And are the doves your only followers, or are the other dove keeper humans followers of this religion on the island as well the other keepers are forced by the doves to practice this religion so the doves keep them in line oh so it's so it's like a hitchcockian relationship that they all have excuse me words. what I'm, uh, 
I'm sorry, Elliot. Keep, your I media references. Normally, a harmless and occasionally cute feather in the cap of your conversations. Today, an irritating powder between the toes of our episode. I'm sorry. I will cease making my pop culture references. I do want to compliment you, Seashell Paragon, though, on the feather in your cap. It looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, it's I dyed it with the the berries that are indigenous to the island, as well as the blood of the unfaithful. Hmm? Interesting. Well, I don't want to ask about that anymore. I do want to ask Vince, though, what was a call that you recorded that you want to know about? Great question. Where were we when I recorded this one? Were we in the Were we in the sound, or yes. was it a bay? It was the sound bay, I believe. Oh, yeah. but not the Bay of Sounds, which is on the opposite side. No, we probably should have gone there. There would have been a lot more doves to record, and maybe Kurt wouldn't have been, you know, skulking around there trying to convert doves to Christianity. But where we were recording this one that you recorded, it was beautiful. You could still see mainland California, but it was sort of like a barrier of doves. Mm, and the barrier of doves, they chirped in a grand chorus, and it went, it went something like this. Let me play it for you. It sort of gets quieter because they were flying away. Vince was chasing them around with the recorder, and they got scared. No, that's not how I remember it. I, I remember it being very serene, and they, they flew off into the, the sun setting in the west, you know, away from mainland California. Okay. Uh, Seashell Paragon, hearing this, A, what dove was it? And B, what was he or she saying? Well, that was uh, Mishmash, the dove. Oh, very colorful name. Not Kurt, not really. Well, they named themselves. <laughs> well, Kurt's the born-again Christian one. Yeah, like, obviously, he's born. He has some stories to tell. Let's not poo-poo Kurt's entire life. But on certain subjects, he is a bit of a pill. Mishmash here, on the other hand, was singing about the the ripples in the in time and space. So the, the uh, as uh, 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 perhaps like a wrinkle if you thought about it that way. If time smooshed together, Mishmash is theorizing that one could skip time, like jumping from mountain to mountain. And you say you have no pop culture references here. Well, none that I am not the creator of. Interesting. So it seems like Mishmash may be plagiarizing a bit, but I do remember, Vince, you saying, I bet he's talking about a ripple in the space-time continuum. I did guess that. It was it was my 10th or maybe 100th guess. I was guessing a lot. I had a lot of theories. I was all jazzed up. There were so many doves, and I was excited to use my new recorder so, okay, I chased the doves. Okay? You fucking pressed it out of me, Elliot. Well, you were excited to use your new recorder. At first, you were using one of those plastic, like, flute recorders that you play in third grade. And then I explained to you that we were using a different type of recorder to capture the sounds of the doves. So that's probably why they were scared. It's a simple mistake to make. And any of us could have made it. Yeah, definitely. Innocence. But not naive. I feel like when you say innocent, you're trying to say naive. No, not at all. But I think we should say a little bit more in our next segment. I should hope so, Elliot. It's called Random Thoughts. Now, listeners, Random Thoughts is this season's iteration of Wouldn't You Like to Know? We're going to read from Rand's travel journal about what he said about his third all-time favorite town and then hear from one of you guys. So, Vince... Uh, as we have started to do, we have not been taking care of Rand's journal anymore. Obviously, we've 
taken it out of its hermetically sealed case so many times. It doesn't really matter. So I'm just going to, you know, throw this over to you. Yeah, and I'll just pancake catch it. So what did Rand have to say about Isle of Doves, California? Still got some of that dove fluid on me. Uh, Okay, well, it's a two-part entry. The first part's very short. The second part's very long. Hmm. Uh, And so I'll read the first part first. That makes sense, right? That does make sense. It says, I've done it. By God, I've done it. Suck on that, Magellan. Put these on your face, Vespucci. The sea route to Japan is made clear and true. I'm a rich man, and I can leave all this map-making bullshit behind. Addendum. Nope. Wait. This is part of California. So... That's interesting. I'm looking over your shoulder right now. The first was written, it seems, at 11.47 a.m. The second part was written at 11.48 a.m. Yeah, he must have turned around to see the port of Los Angeles still in the background. But Mm -hmm. uh, then that's only the first entry. The second entry is much more positive. There's a prelude. It goes on to say how lovely the island is, how the natural dove population is splendorous, and then it's sort of a field journal from there on. It's detailing the different kinds of doves that he's found. It's um, got a very National Geographic-type feeling to it with illustrations, sort of Darwinian notes, and uh, a few of his favorites. Um, There's almost too much, an an encyclopedic amount to go through, but we can each pick a few highlights of dove species and maybe talk about those, Elliot. I think that would be great. And, I mean, we have a veritable dove genius here with us, right, Seashell Paragon? Oh, please. I prefer dove god. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, So, Vince, Rand detailed so many of these doves with a little illustration and what he believed would, would be their scientific name. So maybe... Go through one of them, describe it for the listeners, and then Seashell can tell us about it. Absolutely. Here we have uh, Beakius dipermaticus. And it's sort of, it looks like a pretty standard dove. And then its beak is like kind of, um, it's squarish and long, kind of like a tweezers. What's this? What's this guy? All, what's this little fella? They are, they're, they're birds that specialize in the first aid of lions. Um, so if a perhaps a thistle or thorn gets buried in a lion's paw, uh, a lion would call, "Hey birds!" And then, um, you know, instead of making a big deal out of it, the birds would just pluck it out, and the lion would be on their way. It it's not many people know that lions originated here on the island of on the island of doves. So some people think Africa. No, it went the other way. So lions started here. And then migrated out to the four corners of the earth. <laughs> they migrated out from the island. So the Isle of Doves, if we're talking about Pangaea, maybe was connected to Africa, and maybe that's where the misconception comes from. But you're saying lions actually started here, were essentially friends of the doves, and then decided to emigrate elsewhere. Correct. I knew that I was going to learn a lot about doves. But I didn't know that I was going to learn so much about the anim- about the animal kingdom at large. I think we should learn a little bit more about it. This illustration is amazing. Uh, I-, I can't even believe that Rand himself drew this. Uh, he's calling this Australopithecus dubfricanus. And there, he his underlined what he wrote underneath it. It says missing link dove. And there's an illustration of like a little dove crawling and then a scale of like slowly walking and then flying. 
seashell paragon what is this is was there some sort of delineation like between humans and neanderthals in the dove community of course um doves all had to come from somewhere as as previously explained um lizards Mm -hmm. went one direction and doves went the other but there must be some unbroken chain of uh, dove sex to bring them to where they are now and um, part of the creation was this bastard child um, this uh, just pitiable it was uh, everything is beautiful but this was an ugly bird and that could not fly and it was also tiny and uh, it's like when cat urine um, clumps in a litter box that is what this bird is like, just a lump, a smelly, uh, sandy lump. It doesn't even have a beak. It just is like a lump with uh, two googly eyes on top of it. Yes, and one right. sort of distended wing that it drags itself along the ground with. Yes, and a little like um, metal golden uh, stand that you put it on. Do any of these pitiable creatures live today? Does the line go on unbroken? Uh, well, it goes on unbroken, but that particular line is obviously ex- Well, the line isn't extinct. They are extinct. Sort of like the Habsburgs of the Dove super lineage. <laughs> hmm? Now, I would not classify the Habsburgs as a pop culture reference. Would you, Elliot? Uh, you know, I... I- I'm coming to realize just how isolated this island is, so I'm going to stop making any references of any kind. Um, Well, Seashell Paragon, maybe we should play a little game for your entry. Maybe if you have a favorite dove species here on the island, you can tell us, and then we'll try to look it up in Rand's Journal. Of course. Okay, so I would just name it, and then you would look it up? Yes. See if it's in there? Of course. Oh, okay. Um, Well, tell me if you can find the Schwimmer. The Schwimmer. Does R... S come after T or after R? In the <laughs> alphabet? In the alphabet. Um, I didn't. I must have skipped that episode of Sesame Street. Uh, yeah, so it's Q-R-S. Yeah, after, obviously, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, so actually, Rand didn't call this the Schwimmer. Can, can you describe this bird a little bit more? I just want to make sure that we're looking at the right one. Well, it's, um, it's not ugly, but I wouldn't say it's the most attractive of the the uh of uh, any group of birds that are friends and the friends of doves right and it's always it's always squawking where the break where the break oh i think i think i found it okay yeah so he has like a little um a little monkey friend actually with him and he has kind of a long beak kind of goofy looking very interested in bones a scavenger bird it says here in the annotations gave Rand the impression that it was sort of an archaeologist bird when in reality it should be feeding off of the carrion of its brethren and cistern sounds like Rand had that one nailed he also wrote that uh although that this particular bird had a lot of friends at one point in his lineage after in his uh, older years, he didn't really do that much and sort of went forgotten. Yes, yes. It, it, this bird um, tried to establish itself as its own entity. Um, what it, would, um, I, it, would, it would call itself a breast bird, a bird that liked breasts, bird breasts. Mm. And, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I, and then just you never hear from it again. There is one small asterisk beneath that, Elliot, 
it does say, even though it faded into obscurity, that one time that it hopped around on 30 rocks was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so th- there are some high points and some low lights to any Dove career, let's say. Uh, and I think it's great that Rand documented the, the real winners and the real losers of the entire Dove population when he could. It's just that, that lumpy bird. It's just a, a pox on a, on a perfectly good uh, a genetic lie. Well, maybe it's best we cleanse our palate with a listener writing question. Seashell Paragon, if you would be so kind, your carrier oh, dove oh. has flown it in through the window. Well, we do have one movie here and one VCR. Oh, what would that be? It is Flight of the Navigator. And so I would say that that bird looks like that horrible mucus worm. <laughs> Remember that horrible mucus worm? Very I do, vaguely. because I was we. young. When I saw the movie, the birds and I watched that movie f- five times a day. A lot of it's a lot of times to watch it. Dan. We're on an island. Uh, what are you gonna do? There's only so long you can be praised as a god without getting bored. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, you brought your little remote control with, for the TV to watch it, and it ha- it's a little box the dove lives in. So when you press the button, he flies out, and he has to rewind the VHS <laughs> copy and then play it again. That's right, and it's and. That's one of those, it's a living birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You seem to have put a lot of the doves to work here on the island. Um, well, they all have their place in our sanctuary, of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so this one has got a little postal outfit on. That's cute. He's got a little mailbag, and he's got a he's got a letter just for you, Seashell Paragon. Oh, is this a listener letter? Yes. Uh, a listener has written in with a question specifically for you, Seashell. Oh, okay. Well, let me... Um... It's a large letter. Wow. I can't believe the dove carried it all across the sea to the island. They do weight training. They, you know. <laughs> all right. This is a listener letter from Corky Ashton um, from St. Louis, Maine. Man, that is a very long journey for that dove. <laughs> well, I'm sure that I'm sure like a postman's truck brought it to Los Angeles. And he just flew it the last little bit, Elliot. You're sure about that? Uh-huh. You're sure? I'm not, I'm not so sure. This dove is very muscular. I guess I'm not positive how the infrastructure... He's eating a bunch of maca powder in the corner right Yeah, he looks right jacked up to have finally delivered it. He looks pumped. And look at those pecs. Look at it going after that bird seed. Yeah, now another another dove is putting a syringe into him. His butt. Butt syringe in the, for the dove. Oh, that's the... Those are the, uh, the doves with thumbs. I didn't see those illustrations in Rand's journal. And, you know, I think we're getting a little too distracted. Oh, right. That, I don't the listener letter. All right. Yeah, um, what does Corky have to say? All right. Um, I am curious about uh, why mothers and fathers stop loving each other sometimes. But mainly about birds. Um, what is their diet? Mm. Excuse Gato. Gato. No. No, no. Away from the birds. Away from the birds, Gato. That was our dog. (laughs) (laughs) So you have dogs on the island as well. Very interesting. Yes, of course. Dogs can't leave islands. Unlike lions. Right. It's famously dogs that cannot swim, well as cats that are good swimmers. Have you ever seen a moose swim? No. They are incredible. Because they don't, they don't care. They don't give a fuck. I, we have moose that come and visit every so often. Oh, interesting. They, they do it more to gloat. And to say, look at what I can do that you cannot. I am moose. I saw one actually in a bunch of doves and woodland creatures were all along his antlers. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like a Disney movie. A what? Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, um, they made Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you do know uh, tangentially maybe 
what that reference is. Uh, but so what what are the the dietary restrictions maybe or loves of the dove? Or alternatively, why do mothers and fathers stop loving each other if you have that answer? Time rots all just from the inside out. And some people aren't as strong as others in that rot reaches their surface um, instead of keeping it crushed down inside of them. You know, uh, the weak, the weak um, give up. Woof. Dear Abby, this is not. Perhaps uh, wow. Perhaps we should just go to the, the dove-related question. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so not many people know that all everything that a dove eats rots them from within. Oh, boy. Until it reaches... <laughs> everything a bird eats, a dove eats, rots them from within. So it's a... Really, all doves are racing the, the clock until their death. So that that which satiates a dove is also killing it immediately. That's right. Its savior is also its doom keeper. Mm. Um, be it worm or magazine or birdseed, um, it all... Um, leads to the death of doves. What sort of magazines do the doves prefer to eat? There's uh, one specifically about terriers that they prefer. Toy breed fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I've got like a huge backlog. If you would want, do you want any? I usually keep multiple copies of my... I don't want any, but you can ask the birds. My bird, my dove is rusty. If you well, can... That doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> well, then... Okay, so we just want to know if the doves would like Vince's nigh upon hundreds of copies. How about you just translate that to the doves in the correct way? (laughs) Fancy. Oh, wow, and a dove just flew through the window and grabbed the entire stack of magazines. Strong birds, strong birds. More like he he tipped them over. And he took, he <laughs> tore the cover off of one. You have to admit, for a bird to tip over hundreds of magazines in a pile to steal a feat. Yeah. Oh, it's still impressive. Mm-hmm. Still impressive. Well, thanks for writing in, Corky. Um, good luck dealing with your parents' divorce. And um, <laughs> to all of you who haven't written in yet, this is your chance. We've only got a few episodes left. So bust out that pen, or I'm sure many of you are writing on a word processor. So that instead, um, and, you know, reach out. We view each of your letters as a gift, but I think we have a segment about some more gifts that we should get into right now, Vince. Excellently said, Elliot. It's called No Gifts, Ands, or Buts. So listeners, obviously, being travelers ourselves, we value a good souvenir. And so No Gifts, Ands, or Buts is our opportunity to exchange a gift with our guests. So, Seashell Paragon, you've gotten Vince and I this box you've wrapped in uh, plastered dove feathers. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And so we've gotten you a a gift. No. Um, Yes. Yeah, we warned you we would. It's part of the segment. (laughs) It was in our email. Yeah. Email? No. That that makes sense. Yeah. Dove mail. Makes sense. So we would be honored if you would open up your gift first. Okay. I will tear at the corner here. Such beautiful paper. This will make a lovely nest. Well, why am I tearing it carefully if it's going to be a nest? Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. It is um, circular. It's a bit heavy. Let's see. It's uh, It's got some letters on it. R-O-O-M. Room. 
it's a room. It's a this is a tiny room. What is this? Oh yes, yeah, so that is a Roomba. Elliot, we you know we thought it would be nice. You have a lot of time alone on the island. You probably get sick of cleaning up feathers and bird droppings, huh? So we thought this is like a it's a robot vacuum for you. You you want to take away the pleasure I partake in in being master of this island. I pick oh. up every bird, every feather. Is a goddamn gift. Oh boy! Well, I, I mean, we're not we're not suggesting that this robot is going to rise up and take over or anything. We just what? think you might like some help on the island. Do they do that? Is that why God, you're here, Elliot? There's, Has society fallen? I know that you are not a movie buff by any means, Seashell Paragon. But rest assured, there are no movies that in which robots rise up and take over humanity. So, Elliot, I told you we should have got one of those dolls they make out of corn husks. That sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, the, Amazon was all sold out of the real corn doll so yeah we would have had to do like soybean stocks instead well that would be uh uncalled for and unappreciated right so our list was the top was corn doll and you got me a you got me a roombie and then second was roomba <laughs> and then at third Elliot, what was after that was third place we should have maybe gone with that oh they were like little dove outfits i thought that would have been cute yeah we would be wearing them and then we were going to do like a little play. The doves would love that. They, we have no mirrors on this island. So it would be nice to see themselves reflected in in art's eye. It would have been a delight. Oh, okay. Sure. We, we should have trusted our instincts. We should always go with the third place idea. Well, next time. You know, we will come back. I'm sure this place is lovely. Vince, I'm really excited to open up our gift. Do you want to help me with the paper here? Yeah, it's sort of like a, it's a paper mache of bird dropping so yeah it's gonna i'm gonna get the chisel out and we're gonna punch a hole in it oh there's like a liquidy interior yeah. where the, the bird dropping we got it we in. got it That's bird great. droppings are hmm. scentless listeners so this isn't really as unpleasant as it sounds yeah, we are elbow deep we vince and i look like we're about to put on full mime makeup right now why would we had a mime on the show elliot that would have been fun it would have been i mean we are kind of shackled to rand's journal right now so we have to work with what we got uh, yep, and we are right. elbow deep in bird shit right now so why don't you <laughs> do you know that birds this... poop and pee at the same time so it's not just shit it's also urine mm. oh that's making me feel way better um <laughs> you are a huge bear grills fan so this, it actually has softened the bow. You, you've got a visible smile on your cheeks. You like to grill bears? <laughs> ah, that's my bad. I, I yeah. wandered into that one. Yeah, well, let's take a look at what there. we got. He's been so generous as to give us a gift. Yeah, let me lift it out. And here you go, Vince. Wow, this is, Ooh. this is beautiful. Now, this is really something. It's, is the correct term an effigy or a fetish? It's sort of a crude assemblage of bones and sinew and mollified feathers yes it's it's what the birds thought you would look like they saw you in their dreams and then they created the, the correct word is like soul traps interesting so i i don't want to you know disparage what the birds created or anything but this soul trap or effigy kind of looks like you seashell paragon not us to begin with there's only one of it yeah and we are two we are two men and so it has your it's got sort of if you go ahead and take a look at the profile mm -hmm. he's got a hookish nose and it's got your high cheekbones he has the beret with the feather in his cap as well again mm. we, we do not have mirrors on this island so i have no idea what i look like mm. the seas around here are choppy and whenever i ask the birds to describe me 
Um, they can only describe me from a bird's point of view. So this could be, this very well could be me, or it could be <laughs> a likeness of some sort of nether being, or, you know, it could be a reflection of your soul. I'm still convinced it's you. There is a little note that the birds left inside. Uh, I'm just going to see if I can put this into Google Translate here. Um, okay. I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. Google says in English that means burn him. Burn him now. The gift? Does it mean the burn the the effigy? Do not burn that effigy. Do not. Do not. If you want to leave this island alive, you will not burn that effigy. Oh, so it's like a, a horcrux almost. Uh, uh, it's a phylactery. Do you know this word? No. What is that word? Uh, it's, uh, anyway, Elliot. Is phylactery let's... a real word? Is that a factory where men are pleasured? No, but that actually sounds like a million dollar idea, Seashell. <laughs> I don't know if you're an entrepreneur, but... I'm a god. Now, now that it's, we've gotten into some very risque territory, the birds are flocking because of that, but they are also flocking while we were holding up this effigy that looks a lot like Seashell Paragraph. Let's go ahead and tuck this in the wheel well where we put other suspected occult artifacts. Much like the rest of them, we will never touch it again. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much again for this gift, and hopefully you will give us the gift of knowledge in our next segment. It's called, Did You Know? Really great inflection on that one, Vince. Thanks. You know, I felt like I took it too far. Yeah. You know, again, mine is just consistently perfect now, so I am sort of the yardstick with which we can measure that. But regardless, it was a great job. Anyway. uh, Can I give it a try? Oh, yeah, sure. I would love that. What a treat. We've never had a guest throw over into one of our segments before, so let's try it. Um, Here, I'll set you up. Thank you for that gift of knowledge, and maybe we can keep it rolling in our next segment, Seashell Paragon. And this is the point where you would hmm? you would say the did you know? Oh, oh, oh! This is the thing I wanted to do. All right, one more time. <clears throat> oh, you're gonna say it in dove? Okay, um, that'll be great. No, that's just a vocal exercise. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're gonna say it in English? Okay, that'll make more sense, I guess. Thank you for that gift of knowledge, and maybe we can keep it rolling in our next segment, Seashell Paragon. And s- and then did and so you no. <laughs> Rough around the edges. You're a beginner, so it, it wasn't so bad. We're all learning. It did take a long time. It, it did. We are usually a little bit snappier. Well, what is time, really, when you That's think about That's true. It? I mean, the, the island lifestyle begets a, a very lackadaisical approach to time, but hopefully we can speed through this segment because it is our rapid-fire, fast-fact-paced segment firing five facts at you, the listener, from whatever town we're in. Guys, I've got the first one. Can't wait to hear it, Elliot. Did you know there is one particular dove that went extinct on Isle of Doves and is now nowhere else in the world? I knew this. Are these things I shouldn't know? They're you things. would probably know them because you live here. Right. Um, you can add some color to this one. Oh. This particular dove, I'm sure you know about it because your family, the Paragon family, discovered it. It is called Dovis Paragonis, and it sort of went through that same thing that artificial bananas flavors came from. Oh, right, the the Cavendish. Yes, exactly. So people say that artificial bananas don't taste like 
normal bananas. That's because the banana it was based on went extinct. Same thing with this dove. All the artificial dove flavoring you taste nowadays, people say doesn't taste like dove, and that's because it was based on this one. Yeah, it all the the thing about that particular dove is it all was the same dove so you take a clipping from that dove and then you plant it in a new dove sprouts but you know if you get a virus that attacks that particular line well it's all the same dove there's no uh, genetic difference between them so there's no antibodies hmm. created or or standing in the way of uh the great beyond i'm wrapping my head around a lot of things with this did you know fact guys first um so when you talk about dove flavoring, is that the sort of is that what goes into dove chocolates to give the chocolatey flavor? Yes, and dove soap. Is that right, Seashell? Yeah. Oh, different like parts of the bird. It's like pork and ham. It's like part of it tastes like chocolate, part of it tastes like soap. Yes. Of yeah. Course. And so then this dove reproduces by asexually budding. Yes, that's correct. You seem mm. very confused, but also right on the money. Yeah, Vince. I mean, I'm presenting this digital you know, fact for you, and I, I think it's pretty easy to follow. Yep, you're right. In retrospect, all the facts were there. I didn't know that. Maybe we could jump to a, an expert on the subject, and you could give us a, the next did you know fact, Seashell. Of course. <clears throat> did you know that every Beach Boy song was written about the Isle of Doves? Oh, cool. Wow. Every single one. I love the Beach Boy song. So are you saying that every single song on Pet Sounds... Probably the most cherished Beats Boys album of all time was written about Isle of Doves. Well, yes. Um, it is all the subtext of every single song. Okay, let's dive into a few of them. Let's crack okay. them open as the dove will crack open an oyster to reach its meaty center. <laughs> How about my favorite ever Beach Boys song. It's my favorite. Since you're clearly looking up Beach Boys songs on your phone right now. <laughs> no, it's because I remember how it goes, but I don't remember the name, Elliot. Mm. It could be your favorite and not know the name. It's how they're like, oh, it's called Wouldn't It Be Nice. Wouldn't it be nice if we could wake up? Yeah, but it sounded better than that. <laughs> well, yeah, they're famous musicians, Elliot. I'm a, I'm a bird enthusiast. <laughs> well, anyway, this one I thought was about like living together so that they, under the, you know, free from the watchful gaze of their parentage, they could you know make love as young couples want to do and your question it's actually about doves yeah but how doves have parents and doves like to fuck and sometimes those parents get divorced well yes the weak-willed ones that's where the dove and divorce comes from i should clarify there are a lot of reasons good reasons that a couple would separate it and there's no shame on that <laughs> but there's also a lot of weak i'm surprised that the all of the many provocative things you've said that that's the one that you decided to backtrack on well i don't want to shame anyone who's in a difficult position in their life um it's we've all been there you. what huh? we did yeah. you say we've all been there because ellie you've and i been haven't there. been divorced oh you're still married <laughs> no we're we're unwed uh, bachelors oh. we are brothers i don't see how that's relevant to the <laughs> and you just hold hands like that all the time yeah it's like a brother's thing to do or it's out of fear so wouldn't it be nice is obviously about you know dove sex and parentage and all that Good vibrations then is obviously about that emotional vibration connection between you and the dust. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So this is tracking. Someone's been paying attention. Yes. Also, Brian Wilson was an amateur uh, dove keeper, right. so that's just an obvious um, connection. Post Brian Wilson, um, it's all about Rhode Island. So after he left the group, all the songs became about Rhode Island. So <laughs> Kokomo, Rhode Island. Got it. I thought that was about Kokomo, the island of Kokomo. <laughs> I guess not. 
Well, I didn't know that, guys. But did you know that here so on the... So fast. You know, when you're in the business as long as us, we, you know, you have to keep clipping along. <clears throat> Speaking of clipping, uh, did you know that on Isle of Doves, only one dove a year is selected to have its wings clipped? Huh. Interesting. So that prevents it from leaving, then? Yes, it's sort of... Um, we call it carnival. I was about <laughs> to say, you could probably describe the practice better than I could. What's the reason... And the importance of such an event. Well, it reminds Dove that we all come from the Earth and go back to the Earth. So to have one Dove who is limited to walking in the Earth and not flying uh, reminds us all where we are from and where we are going. And it reminds me of that that missing link Dove also, the the crawling Dove that Rand illustrated. <sighs> yes, I suppose. But these birds aren't ugly and they don't aren't filled with mucus and just bad memories and you want to spit in the vomit that came up so you vomit and then you spit in the vomit like take that yeah well i was going to say that some of the doves that i saw walking around with their wings clipped were probably some of the most beautiful doves yes well we take a dove vote to see who should get their wings clipped and it's not a popularity contest but more of a jealousy thing so Ah. these are the doves that all the other doves are most jealous of like that scene in fight club where he beats up jared leto yeah sometimes you just have to destroy something that is beautiful uh, blank stares and and his dove neither of them must be fans of the movie um well elliot maybe you have another did you know for us i do uh guys i didn't know that but did you know that the dove in the peace dove that is holding an olive branch that symbol was actually modeled after a dove from this island um yes it was um that would actually it's interesting that's the grandfather of kurt oh that's why the religious connotations yes and it is sort of the most like blase looking rudimentary dove yeah just an ordinary dove nothing to write home about but also not disgusting it's got a lot of similarities to that schwimmer dove from before Sort of inoffensive and milk toast. It's always playing second fiddle to, you know, the Chandler dove and the Joey dove, which are just more gregarious creatures, I've noticed. Did you want me to confirm what you just said? Please, if you could. Yep. It would make me feel good. Ah, yeah. Good. (laughs) Well, and can you also give us our last did you know? Oh, did you know? Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, it just rolled right off your tongue. I wasn't even thinking about it, and it happened. (laughs) All right. All right. Did Oh, fuck. Oh, no. I lost it. All right. Uh, I'll just go ahead. Uh, the most <laughs> delicious part of the dove is the anus. Whoa. And you are eating the doves. I'm assuming they're dead of natural causes. No, you got to kill one every so often to keep the oh. others in line. And this is a nature preserve. What doesn't track here? I, I guess a, a dove keeper's got to eat, right? It's been a long while since we had an anus mention on the show. Um, That's true. That's true. But I think, given the context, it seems very important Uh so I, I'm not a meat eater myself, Seashell, but can you describe to us um, the the flavor of the dove anus? Correct me if I'm wrong, but is a dove's anus different than its clocoa? Because I thought that it had that thing where it's like pee and poop and sex are all kind of together. So like it's all it's all the same hole, yes. So, but is, so is that like colloquially the anus? Um, it's all it's it's all the same hole. Um, but it's the, it's all the flavors mixed together that make the whole, uh, what The whole is. is greater than the sum of its parts, you might say. I don't like this fact. I don't like this fact at all. <laughs> you gave us I a know, fact. I know, I know. It's your fact. It is, and it's absolutely true. 
But you need, I mean, to get a full meal out of it, you need like a thousand doves. Ooh. How many are you killing on a day basis? Oh, just one. Oh, okay. So this is sort of an occasional treat. It's not an everyday hmm. sort of thing. Well, sorry to disappoint you listeners. It doesn't sound like dove anus is coming to a supermarket near you anytime soon. <laughs> You'll just have to nosh on some dove chocolates and the occasional bar of dove soap to get that uh, dove anus flavor. And usually we don't leave our did you know segment on an empty stomach but i think we kind of have to on this one Vince. yeah i prefer starvation to dove anus i think so let's go into our final segment wish you were here so listeners wish you were here is our letter from us ourselves to our great great grandfather rand as we trial and trail along with his journal we have visited now all through the top three of his 20 favorite towns and kind of feels like he's here with us and for that reason, we write to him. And listeners, it goes something like this. Dear Rand, wish you were here again in Isle of Doves, California. An island that has become a community that has become a religion of doves worshipping a man. A town that you yourself created as a nature preserve. And it still is a nature preserve, despite the necessary dove killings and eating of doves and the worshipping of um, a certain dove keeper on the island. And you can join in with us here. Oh, uh, this is your grandfather? Great, great, grandfather. And he's and He's, he's been, he's long, <laughs> he's long deceased, yeah. And so you're writing these why? Sort of a reflection. It's, it's a, just, you know, it's, it's, it's an exercise, yeah. Okay, right. So this is more for you than him. You could say that, and for all of us. The more that you break it apart, the more that I wonder if after 135 episodes, that maybe. All right. Well, as long as you know uh, what you are doing and in for. Dear Ghost Grandfather, thank you for the sanctuary you have bestowed upon us and the the food that springs from the earth that we consume. May you ever be full of eyes. May I mean may, may your eyes never be pecked. Is this a is this a is are we worshiping him? We are not. So, no, okay. we're just simply writing a letter here. I'll, I'll continue on. Do they have foibles? <laughs> he was a man of several foibles. He was a man okay, of foibles. So but also so not a not a saint, but Right, yeah. A, a man, a man like any other with a few foibles of the soul, uh, but some triumphs as well. Uh, Vince, why don't you continue on with the letter? We've, we've already done such a service to him. Um, I, I'll move towards the conclusion. It's a town where, like the sheer number of birds, there are any number of interpretations on what it means to be part of a community and part of nature. In a town where you can truly know what it sounds like when doves cry and laugh and experience any other type of emotion. Farewell from these parts to yours.